honestly, going into this game, I had no expectations for Boston College. I thought this was just going to be a blowout. I mean, I said 52 to 10, right? It didn't happen anywhere near where I thought it was going to go. And I'm going to tell you why this hurts more than any other loss I could have imagined. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Head over to LinkedIn because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn jobs help find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Now, I apologize for the lateness of this. I was at the game. I was in the press box, uh, but Boston College loses to Florida State 31-29. And this game, it, it went nowhere near where I thought it would go. And it trended towards, I thought, blowout, right? I was saying all along Florida State was going to blow this team out. And by mid-third quarter, I was like, yep, this is where it's going. They were down, what, 30, uh, 31 to 10. I felt like they were, you know, treading water. Thomas Castellanos was making mistakes. Their offense stagnated. And then all of a sudden, They made big key plays on special teams. They made key plays on defense. And then Castellanos balled out. So when they ended up losing this game, a game they had the ball to win it and they weren't able to do it, it hurt even more because BC has never beaten a top five team at home. At least that's what I heard today. And they had them on the ropes. Thomas Castellanos, let's let's start off with the good. Thomas Castellanos did something I don't think any BC quarterback has ever done. I'm guessing Doug Flutie actually probably has done it. But other than Flutie, I don't think anyone did what he's done today. He threw for 305 yards. He ran for over 100 yards. All of this against the best defensive line in the ACC, which is a credit to Castellanos, who made some terrific throws and big plays with his feet. But... It's also a, a shout out to the offensive line who I'm going to get to the, some of the negatives. Don't worry. I'm going to get that. I want to say that I am totally on board where Castellanos is as he gets more and more comfortable with this offense, as he starts to figure out where he can make plays and what he can do. He just gets better and better and better. He was awesome in this game. You know, we'll get into the penalties in just a moment, but as BC was like going backwards, you know, even their running game, Kai Robichaux had a decent game, 21 yards for 60, 21 rushes for 64 yards without Pat Garwell, who was hurt. It was, it was, it was Castellanos every single time that bailed them out, whether it was a big pass, you know, I think he hit a few and that, or he'd run the ball. He made, they made Florida state's defense look vanilla. And that's saying something because Florida State has a very, very good and deep defense. So Castellanos, if you wanted something to be excited about, I think he has already learned from his mistakes from last week, you know, with the with the hand gestures and what he did to Holy Cross. Didn't see any of that in this game. 
He looked mature. He looked posed. He looked ready for the big time. And if they had won this game, he would already be a legend. I mean, he would already, you know, just like Tyler Murphy was, he'd already have his legendary moment at Boston College because that's how he played. It was just like one after another with this guy. Just big play after big play after big play. So Thomas Castellanos is definitely something I wanted to bring up. And I I thought the off offensive line as well did a great job. I mean, I said with Mitch earlier this week, when I was watching, um, you know, or looking at pictures of Castellanos going back to pass against like Holy Cross, he had like a parking lot around him. There was no one anywhere near him. He had all the time in the world. And I was like, well, that's going to change because when he plays Florida State, they're going to get in his face and that's going to cause him to make mistakes. Other than that interception, which is a bad pick. And it was bad, just a bad throw, I think. That offensive line gave him that time. I think he had one sack versus he had a couple plays, but they weren't as disruptive as I expected them to be. And that's credit to the offensive line. Uh, defensively, we can talk a little bit about them too. Because at first, I watched this game and I'm watching the defense. And they 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 held them to a field goal to start this off. Um, and I thought, oh gosh, every time they run the ball, it seems like they're getting a huge surge up front. BC's not going to be able to stop these guys. And they, for a while were struggling. And then you get to halftime, the, the lead goes away. Um, and you, you're down 31 to 10 and you're thinking, okay, this defense is, it has no chance. They shut them out for like a quarter and a half. After that, after they got that 31 to, to 10 lead, BC's defense just made play after play after play. They slowed down the run. Uh, they, uh, Halfley said after the game, they played a lot of press coverage, which was incredible because watching this, Keon Coleman had zero catches. I spent all week talking about how good Keon Coleman was, and they had z- he had zero catches in this game, which is crazy. Johnny Wilson had two catches. One of them was like, I think was a blown coverage. I, I halfway mentioned it after the game. Another one was he just went up and grabbed it because he's six, seven. So he really didn't do all that much either. Um, I thought, I thought the defense at the end of the game really stepped up and made some big plays. And then there was the pooch, like the pooch uh, onside kick that was done by Luca Lombardo. What a gutsy call. And what a great play they, to get that going. Like, that that when you're playing Florida State, and Mitch and I will talk about the kicks versus the two point conversions or whatnot, you have to play, you know, like your back is up against the wall. You can't play safe. You can't play for field goals. You can't do any of that because you need to win these games. Like you need to do everything you can to put yourself in position to win. So they did that, and I thought Halfley did a good job with the fourth down stuff too. Like go for it. I know they didn't get it once, but like. You know, your offensive line is pushing them around. Don't give them the ball back. Just go for it. And they did. And it, for the most part, worked out for them. Now, in a moment, as we're talking about all this, I want to talk about the penalties because I got to get into this. This this is the part that really, really was tough to watch. And I'll get into why you watched it, you know, too, in just a moment. Now, 
if you're getting into making a new hire, you know that LinkedIn is the place to go. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have, you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So go to LinkedIn. Fill in that hash, put on the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is Locked On BC, AJ Black. So this game had two things I thought that were tough. Missed opportunities and penalties, okay? Penalties were insane. The, the, the amount of penalties that we saw go against Boston College was nuts. We had those, um, I think, they called them personal fouls, but it was... Um, I, don't, I honestly don't even remember what they were calling it. You can put it in the comments section, but they called it twice and it was on the defense and it was, I, I think it was simulating counts at what they were calling it for. Jordan Travis was throwing a fit every time they would do it. Um, they got called for that. They got called for a ton of false starts. So when I said that the offensive line um, had a great game penalty wise, they had some issues too. Uh, there were penalties on um, delay of games. There was penalty. I mean, there were 18 penalties in this game, the most in Boston college history. This was the most since 1987 when BC had 17 against Tennessee. It's gone on quite a bit. And why is this, why this is so frustrating is because we heard last week from Jeff Halfley, the penalties were going to stop that they were going to sit people down if they started making penalties. We didn't see any of that in this game. So I'm guessing he might've meant, and I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but like the stupid penalties that we saw last week, like with Castellanos with the, you know, the finger motion and all that stuff. But I look at this and I, I see, I see a team that was playing completely undisciplined and it just went on and it gave Florida state Florida state got 120 yards of, of, of um, pa- passing uh, of extra yards due to penalties. It was crazy. At one point, Jude Bowery couldn't stay down. He kept getting called for false starts and the game ends with another penalty. Like BC was supposed to get the ball back. They made another heroic stop on defense. Can they get called for another face mask? That was it. That's how they lost. It was a very fitting way to win it, lose a game that was dictated by stupid penalties. So does half, what does halfway do now? Like, you know, you're looking at a team now that is going to be absolutely dead last in the country in penalty yards. I mean, you've set records. It's become an Achilles heel. Like BC wins this game. If they don't have those penalties, Mitch sent me a tweet. I'll talk about it tomorrow that BC gave up 10, basically 10 points due to penalties an unexcus inexcusable. And when I saw when I went to the press conference after Halfley looked so defeated, he looked, he knew I could see it in his face that he knew 
that they had this game won and that they blew it. They had every opportunity. And I look at Halfley and I say, on one hand, you did do some of the things to get you where you needed to be. Like they were aggressive. They went for it on fourth down all the time. They didn't, you know, sit back and do, um, they didn't want to do, you know, uh, field goals instead of going for it on fourth. They did all the right things, but then the penalties, like I thought other than the penalties, the, the off, you know, the, the coaching was fine. The play calling was good. I thought the scheme was good, but man, you got to fix this stuff. You got to fix the pre-snap issues because you're not going to have Thomas Castellanos every game bailing you out. I mean, I tweeted about it, right? The game felt like it was like small game penalty. Thomas Castellano does something insane. Small game penalty. Thomas Castellanos does something insane. You got to fix that. I also look at missed opportunities in this game. Penalties was one thing, but as a Boston College fan, how many more missed extra points can I endure? If Liam Connor kicks that extra point, we're in a whole different situation. You don't go for it on second on fourth down. Uh, on that um, second two-point conversion play. You don't do any of that kind of stuff. Like, you got, you got to kick him. And so that was such a big mistake. And I hate pointing out one guy, but it's it's that. It's the face mask penalties. You know, they had it there, and they, they didn't get it. That's why these losses hurt so much is because you feel it. Like you feel like you knew something special was happening and then it just slipped through your fingers. Now in our final segment, I'm going to talk about where things are at with BC because once they, you know, once I was out, they pulled me right back in. We'll get into all of that in just a moment. Now, if you listened to my picks, you probably would have not won on the BC pick. But right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets on FanDuel, the number one sports book. Guarantee when you place a $500, uh, $5 bet, excuse me, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. I... I want to talk really quickly. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to have a full episode tomorrow with Mitch, but this is a episode to just kind of wrap up our thoughts on this game. And going into this game, I expected nothing. I expected BC to get their doors blown off. They didn't. They played well. They have a quarter. They have a quarterback. I feel like they have a running back and passing game. Defense showed some stuff. I'm feeling good after this game. As much as I want to get, as much as it stinks to sit down and think, man, they should have won. This They had the number three team in the country on the ropes and they couldn't finish it off. And yeah, that part stinks. But when you look at what they can change, if they can figure out how to get these dumb pre-snap penalties are fixable. They come up a lot this year, but Halfley has had um, teams that are not so mistake prone. They were 45th in the country last year in penalty yards. So you can get it back under control. If you get that under control with Castellanos growing every single game, you're going to have a team that can win. 
And now that Florida State is off of your plate, you look at the schedule and there's wins there. I don't want to go ahead and and pick them because I want to see how they continue to grow. But I feel like BC has turned a corner that this loss could be the, the, the jumping off point for something bigger for them. I'm really excited to watch Castellanos because he, he is not Tyler Murphy. Tyler Murphy was big. He could not throw the ball. Thomas Castellanos can throw the ball, but he can make big plays too. I feel that BC is going to turn things around. I feel good about things, which is weird. I want to feel ugh about things after a loss like this, but BC showed something today. They, they did not go in there and get punched in the mouth and wilt. They got hit a couple times and they roared right back. And it wasn't just Castellanos. It was the fumble return for a touchdown. It was that pooch punt, a pooch kick for that. They recovered. It was some great plays by Dino Tomlin, who somehow came out of nowhere to get some big catches. It was big plays over and over again. And it wasn't enough. Yeah. The penalties did ruin everything, but I feel like this team could be taking a step in the right direction. Louisville is three, and know, you're heading to the road. That's a new thing that you're going to have to deal with. An offensive line that's been jittery is going to have some things they're going to have to work out when they're having an opponent opposing team roaring at, you know, fan base roaring at you. But I look at that game and I say, Hmm, could that be the team game that catalysts them into the win column in the, in the ACC? If Castellanos keeps playing the way he does and the defense can make some plays, maybe I don't feel as negatively about this team as I did after the first two weeks. I still, I am still worried. I'm still thinking that there's a lot of things that they need to work on, but they definitely showed that they are not a bottom 25 team that I, you know, they had that thing on CBS sports. They're getting there. Now I've been talking BC sports on Twitter and on our website on Eagle insider all day long. I'm going out to dinner right now, but I wanted to make sure I got this podcast out before I did, because I know a lot of people wanted to talk about it. Thank you all so much for joining me. Follow me on Twitter at AJ black two, four, seven, become a subscriber on Eagle insider. I can't wait to talk to some of these uh, visitors that saw this game. Cause I think it was a good one for a lot of these visitors to come to. We'll have analysis of this game with Mitch who will be on our show again tomorrow. So make sure you check all of that out and make sure you hit that like, and subscribe on this podcast on YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all so much. We will see you all again tomorrow for yet another episode of Locked on BC.